Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Late Night Linux, recorded on the 8th of January 2018. I'm Joe and with me are Jesse. I should be in New York. <laughs> Failing. I should be in Glasgow. And Ike. I am without destination. <laughs> yes, so we were supposed to record this tomorrow, but then you didn't go to New York and I will probably edit this tonight and it will probably go out. Who knows? Who cares? You'll be hearing this when you're hearing it. It turns out that uh, New York can't deal with a little bit of snow, so my, my flight got put back a bit. A little bit of snow, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so it's been a massive week for technology news. We'll get to that stuff in a second, but first we have to do our KDA corner. So, <laughs> Phelan, tell us what's new in KDA land. Yes, I don't hear any scathing attack there. Um. They did a overview of last year and um, went through a few of the things that happened. Um, the, a lot of bugs went in. Uh, a lot of bugs went in. A lot of updates went in for bugs. A lot of polish. Control panel was done up differently. Um, you can set a black background. Um, high DPI was a big thing. And uh, a lot of the applications got a bit of work done them as well. And there's some new stuff coming up as well for the next few releases too. So I think all in all, it was a great year, KDE. They got a lot of people to Academy and to uh, Randa, which is their workshop they do in Swiss mountains. And um, yeah, and also the, the Librem 5 phone is on the on the future as well, assuming it works. You were going to say on the horizon, but I, I was going to say horizon, but I thought maybe that's stretching it. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Um, and they also hate freedom by the looks of the YouTube video that you linked. No, they're just being pragmatic. <laughs> if that is one browser of many. Yeah, this was them integrating Chrome into the desktop. So if you're playing videos and stuff, you can control the playback and the volume and everything from the desktop, which is quite cool, but. It would have been better if they'd showcased it with Firefox, I think. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's coming as well, to be honest. Um, I think, obviously, just reality is a lot of people do use Chrome, but um, hopefully that's changing. Ike, how's that going with your Firefox switch? The only complaint that I have is it doesn't have any form of DNS caching in Firefox, so I am noticing some pages are taking like 8 to 10 seconds to load. What's a host's file for? Jesus. Well, that's kind of the thing. So Chrome did all this for me, which sounds good initially. It's like, yeah, you know, it's doing all this DNS caching. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's doing all the DNS caching. What's it doing with that? So, yeah, I'm just going to set up my own local stuff, like DNS mask or Bind9 or something. But apart from that, gone swimmingly. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I'd say my take from that browser integration, which I have to say is pretty slick because you can use the notification area to sort of fast forward or rewind YouTube videos and change the volume bits and bobs, is if they can do it in Chrome, you know, I watched and I thought if they can do it in Chrome, then clearly they've done it in, you know, uh, Open Moon, Pale Moon and Firefox, like the, the easy open source ones. The ones that are always difficult are things like Chrome. So you would assume that they've got it you know, they've got it done with all the easier open source ones. Yeah, and I think one of the cool things I find about this is the fact that unlike, say, GNOME, which has got a massive backing of a lot of companies, like if you think about Red Hat Funds developers, obviously Canonical's doing that now as well, and you've got a whole lot of distros that use it. KDE's quite out on its own in comparison. Like, fair enough, there's the mysterious blue systems who maybe fund a couple of guys, but that's about it. Um, I think it's pretty good that a essentially community completely run uh, desktop environment is doing so well. And like, I think it's surpassing all the others, but that's just me. And I'm not at all biased. All right, I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, but I have tried without telling you three to do a GNOME corner to rival this KDE nonsense that, that comes in every fortnight. And it is fucking impossible. I've <laughs> followed them on Twitter. I've checked their, you know, their uh, news releases. I found ways of trying to find information that's going on, what's coming out in the next release and stuff like this. And it's just really difficult. Nothing gets released about what they're doing or what's coming up or what's good or what's bad. You know, there's maybe a couple of tweets on like the GNOME Developer Summit or uh, you should support open source at Christmas and things like this, like just sort of very generic sorts of things. And it's it's 
something I've been doing for a little while and I can never get the quantity of information that KDE seemed to release and you then, you know, put on the show. So it, it does actually um, show that they are really good at conveying what they're doing and just this little browser integration video. It's a, you know, three minute video, shows some interesting things and that's just a nice way of thinking, oh, someone's thought of something new that no one else is doing and it's sort of, you know, I'm sure you're sort of getting off on it is amazing and everyone else is going, oh, that's quite useful. And so I, I have to take my hat off to KDE. They do seem to know what they're doing when it comes to announcing things and, and keeping people interested in, in the desktop. Communication is the word there. They're just good at it. And yeah, fair play to them. But I want to know who makes those videos because whoever it is is into true metal because the video that they used <laughs> on YouTube was Manowar. Oh, was it? Yeah. Didn't notice. I don't like Manowar, but fair enough. <laughs> I'm stuck in 80s metal, I'm afraid. All right, so you also put in the thing about speech recognition on Linux. Yeah, um, it's a guy, his nickname's Elio. Um, uh, he used to be uh, one of the guys that listened to Lug Radio, because the name rang a bell, and I couldn't think of where I heard it from. But he's taken the dump by Mozilla's, um, what's their speech thing called? He's taken a dump. <laughs> He's taken the dump file. Eh? They had a 35 gig odd file oh, where right. you could actually take all the work from Common Voice and he's used that and he has created a speech recognition utility. Now he's only done it over his holidays, so it's not finished yet, but you can see him speaking to the thing. And it works pretty well. And, it's already better than Minecraft. Well, yeah, I didn't want to say that out loud, but yeah, I mean, I feel bad because they keep sending me newsletters. <laughs> it is one thing to hear the words and spit them on the screen. It's something very different to interrogate that information and pull out what is being asked and then find something to deliver back to respond to a human. Like, yes, you know, the first stage is speech recognition and it's important we have it and it's important it's open source and Firefox did the right, oh, sorry, Mozilla did the right thing. But let's not bash... Um, Minecraft. Thank you. Too soon, because there's a lot more that has to go... The hard bit is further down the line. It's fair, though. I mean, this is only an iBus plugin. You know, it only works with every iBus-compatible application, which is all of the major toolkits and some of the minor ones, too. And it only, you know actually does that speech recognition. But it doesn't know about beans, does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the the key thing here is accessibility, isn't it? That's really what it's about, yeah. not all this Minecraft nonsense. And it's been implemented in a very sane way, actually. I mean, this would even work with SDL applications. Like, it would work with games. It would work with any Qt app. It would work with any GTK application. That's That's kind of cool. That it's using a standard system. Are you keen to get it um, integrated into Budgie 11 then? Um, once it stabilizes, yeah. Yeah, you weren't expecting that, was you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was expecting it, yeah, because I know that you take accessibility really seriously, unlike, well, a lot of people just, it's not that they don't want to do it, they just don't really think about it, but it is something that you do need to think about. And I'm sure that we've got a lot of visually impaired listeners because, um, podcasts are a great entertainment form we've heard from them i have heard from them over the years so it's good that they're not being forgotten okay well that does it for the regular news so we need to talk about meltdown inspector who's going to explain this i, I, I just i'm too annoyed by it all to put it into words i bag zyke uh I mean, this is the first I've heard about this. It, there's been no real news coverage, and <laughs> ah, help me. Uh, do I have to explain it? Because to be honest with you, I don't understand an awful lot about it, apart from the fact that everyone's fucked. Yeah. And there are patches starting to come out. Um, the fact is, to mitigate this, which is basically a side-channel timing attack, they're having to invent effectively new computer science to deal with this. Uh, by ensuring that all processes and threads actually have their own domains now. Uh, it's affecting, I think, all... And I'm not saying this is an absolute fact. I'm saying this is what I think. He hears the litigation lawyer in his head. <laughs> it's basically all of the x86-64 Intel chips in the last 10 years or so. There's yeah. a few ARM chips, but the Raspberry Pi models are not affected. AMD is apparently not affected. They had a recent patch which reverted the um, the CPU bug as it's identified within the kernel. Um, so it doesn't regress performance anymore for the AMD chips, but 
the the patch that's out there it does regress performance to some level we do have effectively emergency patches right now there are going to be more patches to come there are going to be gcc changes to come um to deal with the repline part of the attack and yeah it's it's far from over but even when, once all this is done these kind of flaws can't really just be fixed like with microcode updates this is like a more of a fundamental architecture thing. So, yeah. you know, it could be another four or five years before we actually see real hardware solutions for this come to market, which will then get, get us beyond the point of having these uh, performance progressions that are in the KPPI part of the kernel. That was really hard to say. <laughs> so this has been known about for months and months and months. And all of the major players, the uh, operating system vendors, and um, even some of the cloud providers were told about this and have been working on it. Except BSD. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ike, how can we never told us? Presumably Solus is right up there with uh, Canonical and Sousa and everything. Yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> Mind you, no. you did leave Intel just as this started. Did you <laughs> yeah. sell your shares at the same time? Uh Actually, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did sell my shares before I left, but not like Mr. BK. It's, you know, it's completely different. And that's only an accusation against him. There's nothing saying that that's true. That's what all the media is saying. No, there is a, it is a fact that he sold the CEO of Intel in November sold all the shares that he was allowed to under company bylaws. That much is a fact. Sure. But then so did I before I left Intel. So why am I any different? And by the way, disclaimer, no, I did not know. Yeah. So well, it's very easy to level that uh, allegation given circumstance and timing, right? For the listeners, Ike is winking at me now. <laughs> 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 but I mean, it's very easy given the right circumstance and timing to level an allegation against someone. I really slurred that word up. But it, it's so easy to do because I left. Uh, when did I leave? Last year sometime? June? Was it? Yeah. Uh, July, I think. Yeah, so I left sometime last year. So you could easily say, well, Ike must have done it. And then that's Ike left a sinking ship or, you know, but I didn't because I was going on to do my thing. So it, it's it's the same sort of thing. Just because the timing is there doesn't necessarily mean that's it. And we would have to assume that their interpretation at the time that they knew about it is the same as our panic-induced interpretation of the situation now. They would not be the same thing because people on the inside would know the actual inside situation as opposed to what we're getting, which is drama, 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 drama. So just because that's how we react doesn't necessarily mean that's how somebody else would react. So I think it's far too early to start leveling those sort of allegations. It's just people looking to scapegoat and blame immediately, whereas the thing that needs to happen is what was initially planned, which was a coordinated release, except somebody burst that bubble because none of this was actually supposed to happen until the 9th. That was when everything was going to be done. Everyone was going to get their updates on that day from all the OSVs, from all the clouds. And then it would be public knowledge, but everyone would already be updated and all the big players would have all had their systems rebooted. And that didn't happen. It completely fell to shit. And what we're dealing with now is the fallout and everyone's looking to point fingers. I think it's far too early to start accusing. Yes, there's an architecture issue, but... Let's deal with that. There was a bit of a sly press release by old Intel there, though, where they they put their PR spin to five thousand, and yeah, it was just ridiculous. Especially <laughs> the stuff where they were trying to say, "Oh, everybody's got it too." Yeah, it's like, well, not quite the same level of disaster with the meltdown part of it being really, really bad mm. because that's getting into kernel stuff where you're not supposed to have access to that. And uh, AMD wasn't affected by that because they. They said, well, we're not going to design our processes like that because we think that's a poor idea. Um, so the register had a great takedown on that. It was quite funny. I don't like the register overly, but they had some really funny stuff where they, they took it piece by piece. Well, if you look at what Theo Duratt said, he said, um, and you have to frame this for the fact that he's pretty butthurt about the BST guys not being told about it. <laughs> when is he not? I've seen the tweets. <laughs> but he was saying that uh, they knew this had come up at conferences, industry conferences, that um, I, I'm not going to pretend to know all the ins and outs of the hardware stuff, but it was known that the way they'd been pushing forward with the, the speed increases and the efficiency increases was to the detriment of security, and they just ignored it. Or he's claiming maybe the bosses told them, fuck it, like we'll deal with that later or whatever. We need to have this arms race. And for me, this really represents... Um, and sums up a problem within the entire tech industry, and I suppose within 
the entire capitalist system that we have, really, because there's this constant need for growth, right? And uh, let me say that I'm not some fucking crazy anti-capitalist, but at the same time, it's quite clear to anyone who thinks about this stuff that the capitalist system that we have now that is based on growth is unsustainable. We don't have the resources to indefinitely grow. And that whole mindset has pervaded the entire tech industry as other industries as well, but the tech industry is one I know more about. And it's all about making it faster, newer, shinier, and having these arms races. And that is what has led to this problem or these problems that they just, they never, they, they were too busy thinking about what they could do and never thought about whether they should. To paraphrase Dr. What's his name from Jurassic Park. It's, it's <laughs> do you know what I'm saying here though? Like it's like they didn't stop to think about security because they were too busy trying to make the, the, the processes faster and faster. And similarly with the software as well, they didn't think, well, hang on, we need to mitigate these potential problems, side channel attacks or whatever, timing attacks, and run, make the code run a bit slower. Because now we're, we're facing these serious performance hits. And you could blame Intel or you could blame the, the software vendors. And really, it's kind of a bit of both, isn't it? I have a bit of an issue with the 2020 hindsight. You know, yes, it's easy to say, well, this is a massive problem. And now that we know where the problem comes from, and it's, you know, uh, guessing what's going to happen in order to make sure that your processor can do it when it's asked to do it and therefore do it very quickly. But if you're, you know, making something and you find a more efficient way of making it or you're producing chips and you think of a clever way of making them faster, it will have gone through internal checks and balances and, you know, whatever security they can think of at the time. And if this hadn't have occurred, it would have been perfect. So just saying, ah, oh, well, you shouldn't have rushed to the gate and got it as fast as possible isn't necessarily the answer. That's sort of an easy get out because obviously if they hadn't have done it, AMD would have done something else and they'd have been behind. Like you're right, there's an arms race. And if there, it's a problem that there aren't more different chip manufacturers and therefore the world is on Intel and therefore the world is fucked. And yes, AMD has a problem, and I think ARM also has problems. So they all copy each other in the way that they're guessing what's going to be done, and therefore, you know, doing all these processes ahead of time. But if if that's a good way of making chips faster without having to dig up more uh, sand or whatever, and you know, make more silicon, and it doesn't make any more heat, and it doesn't, it's, it's actually a good solution. It's a clever solution to the problem of making chips faster without making more cores and more size and all that kind of stuff. So, well, and just fuck security. Yeah, nice one. It's easy to say fuck security looking back at the problem, but they didn't just do it. I doubt, I doubt they did it like blindly, like we know there's a massive problem and we're going to carry on anyway it's not exactly a vw uh, diesel scandal like. no right okay it's mm. no it's no diesel gate or emissions gate or whatever but let me bring it back to what you do jesse right if you found some revolutionary new way to build buildings faster and cheaper and and higher and then they fucking fell down then it <laughs> you'd be to blame for it you learn from it but it's not like that though it's more like building prefab buildings and they turn up with 50 floors and you only needed 38 and then what do you do with the other two floors you send them back or you just leave them near the next building site so the next person coming along goes they're going to build a building there look there's already some floors pre in position i mean yes that's a bit of a stretched analogy but it's that's not a quite, very stretched analogy. yeah but it's not overly different from what it is because what they're doing is it's just the way like a factory would work you don't have one guy assemble the entire car you have one guy put a bolt in and you, through the pipeline, just keep chugging along. And yes, at some point, there may be a case where you have too many of the same parts left over. And that's essentially what was happening with one of the attacks. It's just data was sitting in a cache that shouldn't really have been there. I mean, fair enough, maybe they need to flush the cache in a certain way. Um, but I think the idea is actually fine, as Jesse was saying. Like, All right, well, philosophical arguments aside, let's talk about the practicalities of this. At the top of the show, Phelim, you said you should be in Glasgow. That's where you're going soon to sort this out. Yeah, I'm going to sort it for everybody. I'm going to fix it in the processor. <laughs> Put your pants uh, on over your trousers and go and sort it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I have to I have to go patch out a lot of systems. Oh, and yeah, for people who have AMD systems, I think they're all laughing with this. I read today that Windows 10 can brick 
AMD laptops with the fix yep. for the Intel one. So yeah, good luck with that. But uh, yeah, no, because you've got to patch firmware, you've got to patch the BIOS, you've got to patch the software packages, you've got to patch the kernel. I mean, you've got many, many ways to do horrible damage to some of the systems. So yeah, it's going to be fun. So you've got to go over to Glasgow and literally get in the data center and start doing this then? Yeah. Jesus. And what about the performance hit? Presumably you're going to have to bring online extra machines and use more power and all the rest of it. Well, it, it depends on the system. Like there's a, we, we have a couple of benchmarks that we link to. Like one of them was from Epic Games and they saw a jump in their usage. There's been a few people have posted in our own channel and Telegram. You see they've, some things have hopped up by about 10%, but it seems to be anything from five to 20. Um, and if you look at some of the uh, Redis statistics that are coming through on some of those boxes where there was a guy who had done some stats where it was a huge hit that that thing was taken. So, I mean, yeah, you, you kind of have to try it, see what happens. And it depends on your workload. I mean, gamers were worried about it, but there's a lot offload to the GPU. So it wasn't actually a massive deal for a lot of things like that. So a lot of normal people probably won't see it, but big high-end workloads probably going to see it. And the, especially virtualization, like... If you've, you could see companies, I don't know, could you see companies going bust? Because, I mean, if you're a small operator running virtual machines, you're probably running on the limit quite a bit. And if this pushes you up to 20%, it's a heck of a lot. Um, and I saw a, uh, lucky I don't have to touch myself, but Microsoft SQL, if you have an enterprise license of that, um, for every core that you use, it's 10 grand a license. Jeez. So if you've gone, so just think about it. If you've got a four core system, all of a sudden, one of those cores is now doing nothing. It's spinning wheels, making sure it doesn't, you know, all the patches have actually got it to the point where it's, you've lost the core essentially, but you're still paying for it because Microsoft is not going to go, ah, oh, well, lads, you know, dropping 25% there. <laughs> sure. We let you off. No, that's 10 grand. You're paying for that in that server. Like that's nuts. I've heard that it's anything that uses a lot of disk I.O. and network I.O. That's where the hits are coming. And so if you have something like, I don't know, for example, hosting a podcast where it gets hammered once every two weeks, like serious disk, well, output and serious network output, that you're fucked, basically. So I'm... I think it's going to cost us more money. I'm going to have to beef up the servers to do this. Yeah, you'd have to wonder if there's going to be class actions. I wouldn't like to be Intel right now. There have already been some over in America. I've already seen ah. a couple pop up. Oh, dear. Yeah. But, I mean, that's America. That's the American way. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but they, it is. I'm not being offensive here. You guys love courts. <laughs> yeah. It is a litigious society. There's no doubt about that. So what about you, Ike, from a boots-on-the-ground standpoint? Have you patched Solus yet? Yes, I have patched with the initial patches. There have been two revisions of the kernel that have gone out as tags. They had some changes in. There are, you just know there are more changes to come because when you get an issue like this, it's basically, you know, all hands on deck and the first set of patches that could come around, it's, it's a huge band-aid, right? And there's going to be more and there has to be compiler changes for this as well. But as I say, it, it's not completely over yet, but it, it is very much workload sensitive. Like, uh, so some of the gaming benchmarks that we're seeing, I mean, for, for Solus, it's kind of a completely different thing, isn't it? Because most of the time, your desktop workstation is idle. And if you're doing anything intensive on the system, a lot of the time that's going to be GPU intensive. So it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. I mean, obviously, if you're running Docker containers and stuff locally, then yeah, you might notice it. But the fallout hasn't been as bad as I anticipated. But then it's still very early days, isn't it? You know, we've only got a feed in the water. We don't know how big the pond is. And we don't know if there's more CPU vulnerabilities or design flaws, whatever you want to call it, coming. Yeah, uh, design defects, I think we will call them. But I mean, that's that's just manufacturing. It's it, basic manufacturing. There will be design defects. There will be things recalled. There will be things patched over and worked around. And then people learn from them and people improve the way that we're making them. I mean, you got to remember the earlier Pentium processors, they had a massive flaw with them as well, which could not be fixed through any form of software, except for have certain instructions blacklisted entirely. You know, um, you can still see it on the, the very older class Pentium. So, I mean, these, these things happen. It happens in, in all brands and all designs. There is always going to be some sort of defect that shows its ugly head. Whether it wants to be recognized as a defect, 
you know, that that's a different bit. That's part of the whole corporate and PR angle. But from a technical angle, you know, there's a defect and anything the software does is just going to be working around this. The, the nice side of it, if you want to look for a silver lining, it will make software more secure because the kernel now has to do magic stuff with domain protection, which is kind of cool. The circumstances leading to it, yeah, not so much. <laughs> but these patches are pretty hastily put together. Is there not a danger that we're going to have more bugs as a result of that? Are they hastily put together, though? Mm, that's a good question, I suppose. Uh, but haven't they been mostly concentrating on Meltdown and the Spectre stuff is quite hastily put together? Uh, the the other parts of it effectively have to happen in the compiler itself. Right. So patching the kernel is just not enough, is it? A for parts of it and then there are other parts and they're sort of interconnected like you're going to need the gcc patches and you're going to need the kernel patches and you're going to need them together it's it it's an overall software architecture interfacing with the hardware thing as opposed to specific components obviously the kernel is the place you want to remedy that because the kernel is the thing that's handing out pages to applications asking for memory um that's sort of why it's got to happen between gcc and the kernel but yeah, it's it's not quite over yet, and basically just keep updating your systems. And people are gonna have to reboot. You're not gonna be able to live patch this if you've got some like Ubuntu landscape uh, with the genuine. I, I think they actually call it uh, genuine advantage or something. I can honestly. No, they surely don't call it genuine advantage. I, I think they actually do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I think of Windows as well, right? Yeah, the Windows Orwellian phrase. Yeah, yeah, the you the nature of the patch. You, you couldn't do a live patch on this. It will absolutely and utterly require a reboot. Yeah, I heard hundreds of thousands of lines worth of code. Right, and that's a lot of servers that are going to be rebooting. And sysadmins are terrified of reboots. Well, I don't believe in live patching, as you know. I think that if you... <laughs> if your system can't be down long enough for a reboot, then you should fucking have redundancy. Yeah, but you don't always have that choice. And in this case, it's the redundancy that also has to reboot. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you do one at you, a time. You patch the redundancy first. <laughs> yeah, make sure that's all good. Switch to that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be staggered. This is the only way you can do this. And that's kind of why they wanted all the cloud companies on board first, right? They're the backbone mm. of the internet. Imagine how many companies are running on AWS and the, the issues we saw last year of AWS. So you want this sort of thing to be coordinated, but... You know, somebody slipped up and it hit the meteor and now here's the shitstorm instead of, you know, a more coordinated release where everyone was patched. And then we had the shitstorm afterwards, which would have been slightly tempered by everyone being a little bit better off. Now it's just typical Linux vulnerability. Uh, but it's not even just Linux specific, but like all the security things in the last couple of years, there's a website, there's a fucking logo and yep. somebody making absolutely millions off of a vulnerability existing. That's the part I should sicken everyone about this. Who's making millions? It's a brand now, isn't it? Every vulnerability becomes a brand. It has a logo. It ends up with a trademark. You know, people want to be on it. That's the new industry nowadays, isn't it? People want to be ahead of it and they want to own the term. It's more about marketing agencies these days than actual security. Yeah. Well, I suppose, Phelan, you've moaned about this, but ultimately it's going to make you a lot of money, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I asked Ike if he could slip one in there to sort me out in a few months. It'd be great. And uh, yeah, he's come through. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just ask um, a couple of questions to clarify some things that were said earlier on, just for my stupidity and any listeners who uh, also need it? Can you just give me the quick lowdown on what Redis is? Oh, it's a key value store type thing. It's very exciting stuff but it's used by a lot of applications as a, a way to cache kind of data between things that you don't want going into a db because a db would write you'd write and write to it and then you'd you, you want something that's a bit more ethereal is that the word yeah yeah, yeah i mean you yeah. can basically construct message queues out of this thing and just send key values off to other processes so it's very very lightweight and very very fast and you need it to remain lightweight when you need it to remain fast so individual bits of an infrastructure on a website can all communicate with each other somebody clicks something on the front end you need a back-end job scheduled that goes into Redis. Somebody else pulls from it and says, I have to do this job. So it allows for very quick communications and temporary storage between them. You want right. that to remain very, very fast. Yeah, so it's like an always changing DB without being written down somewhere. Yeah, it's like a semi-persistent DB with queues. 
Okay. Uh, and your question, Ike, is uh, tags on kernels. What's what's the tags? Uh, uh, basically, I mean, like a, a versioned release, you know, like uh, the 4.9.75 or the 4.14.12. There was an 11 and a 12 and a 74 and a 75 that went out since all this was announced. The seven, uh, the 4.4.11 had some of the initial patches. 74 did not have the page table isolation changes, but the 75 did, and the 4.4.12 also had further changes. Um, we can. Uh, this feels like a weather report. We could probably expect another kernel release in the next <laughs> few days. <laughs> An easterly breeze. Meanwhile, Ubuntu still hasn't been patched. That's quite funny, isn't it? Uh, one thing about Ubuntu, which I, I don't want to rant if I'm wrong, but I will because I can, uh, is that the hardware enablement kernel they have. So say you're on 16.04, you will be on the 4.4 kernel. There's a hardware enablement kernel that if you've got like a newer server that you don't have drivers for or whatever, they, they update the kernel version. So it's 4.10 right now. Um, yeah, in the in the point releases, isn't it? Yeah, like exactly. Six and four point one and two and three. That doesn't appear to be getting a patch from the statement that I read the other day. So that'll be interesting to see. I think that's for the fourteen oh four users, unless they have the genuine advantage contract with Canonical, and then they will get the updates. No, fourteen oh four is still within. Um, it's five years, isn't it? So they've got another year. Well, no, I'm even talking about sixteen oh four because sixteen oh four's hardware enablement kernel is four dot ten. Huh. Whereas the base kernel that you would get is 4.4. No, that it's it's got to be just a communication um, problem. They, they surely have to patch it because that's part of being an LTS. We shall see tomorrow when it gets released. Yeah, I mean, that's everyone is still aiming for the original release window anyway, like yeah. all of the major vendors. Patch Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> no, that is literally why it was that date, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to hate Patch Tuesday. Uh, my VPN doesn't work anymore. Uh, I'm a remote worker. <laughs> How do we get the VPN client? We'll just hop on the VPN. Fuck. <laughs> um, right, okay. So this episode of Late Night Linux is sponsored by Entroware. So go to entroware.com to check them out. They are a dedicated Linux computer seller based here in the UK, and they sell computers with Ubuntu and Ubuntu Mate 16.04 and 17.10. And they're a company who cares about Linux. They don't just do this as like some side project for a laugh or even like some of the bigger companies who have a small division doing Linux. This is all they do. It's all they care about. And they've got various laptops from affordable ones that are just kind of web browsing, email, that sort of thing, all the way up to powerhouses with the latest NVIDIA graphics that you can do all sorts of gaming and 3D art and video editing, that sort of thing. And most of the stuff that they've got is configurable as well so you can change cpu and amounts of ram and storage that sort of thing and they've even got some desktops and a couple of servers again fully configurable and they ship to the united kingdom republic of ireland france germany italy and spain and if you do buy one of the machines do mention that late night linux sent you when you uh, go to checkout so go to entroware.com for all your linux computing needs so on to a bit of admin then and first of all thank you everyone for supporting us on paypal and patreon We've had a few uh, one-off donations with PayPal, much appreciated. And all the Patreon people, that continues to grow slowly but steadily, so much appreciated. If you want to join them, go to latenightlinux.com slash support. And there's a few other ways you can uh, support us. And if you want to get in contact, latenightlinux.com slash contact. Um, so a quick update on the Raspberry Pi situation. You had arranged to give one away, Jesse, when you're in New York, but then you didn't go to New York, but you will be giving it away when you go to New York. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's, that's a good summary. So uh, Alejandro got in contact and said, uh, yep, yeah, I'm off of Raspberry Pi and I'm in New York. Uh, we arranged to meet and then obviously we well, went a bit Pete Tong, but he's about next weekend as well. So we'll go for a pint and uh, uh, give him a Raspberry Pi, which is sort of a bit of a good excuse. Um, and there is still one going if anyone's in London or someone else in New York. next. When I say next weekend, I mean the uh, 8 plus 4, 8 plus 5, maybe the 13th. Yeah, let's go with the 13th. Don't you have a... What, just click in the bottom right-hand side. Oh, no, you don't have that on your it's, design thing. It's at the top, and it popped up eventually. <laughs> Mine popped up instantly. Yeah, it's the, the weekend of the 12th, 13th, and 14th, isn't it, of January. So, yeah. Um, otherwise, if you're in the UK, I suppose, um, then maybe we can give one away. Or maybe at Fostalk Live. Ooh, tease, tease, tease. Maybe that might happen in June, maybe. 
haven't booked it yet, but uh, it's looking like it will. Uh, quick Nexus 9 update. Um, it turns out that it is really easy to disable encryption, but the key step that I didn't know you had to do is you have to reboot recovery before you boot into the image. So now I've done that, it's all working. So that's all good. It just makes doing the OTAs a bit of a pain in the ass, but um, I haven't really used it enough to know whether it's better yet. So maybe I'll report back one day on that. And this is all in order to get it just slicker, just faster. Yes, because the storage specifically felt like the real bottleneck. And because it's encrypted by default, it means that it is slower than it can be if it's not encrypted. So don't know yet. I don't know if it's actually made a difference. Do you know what would be really funny is the fact that now that you've tried to speed it up, is that there'll be a meltdown slash spectre patch for it and slow it back down to the exact same <laughs> level as that. Uh, that implies that there'll be a kernel update, which is never going to happen for any Android <laughs> device ever. So I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, we didn't talk about that, did we? But yeah, the reality is that most Android devices are just going to be vulnerable forever, probably. Um, okay, right. So a controversial point in the admin this time, killing Arg. The fact is this, Arg is a pain in the fucking ass. Whenever I get anyone getting in contact saying there's audio issues, it's always with the Arg file. And yes, okay, I could probably find different ways to do it or whatever, but MP3 is not patent encumbered anymore. And so I don't see the problem with only offering MP3. Now, don't panic. I'm not going to immediately kill Og. Um, I'm going to, at least for the next couple of episodes, keep doing it. But why are you using Og if you are using Og? Please tell us. Get in contact, latenightlinux.com slash contact. If enough people make the case that we need to keep it, then we will have to keep it. But I just had enough of converting it twice i mean what is the consensus among the other hosts we should have had this production meeting off air but now we're having it on air again as usual does anyone care about og um i care about the fact that i used to have an <laughs> og player but um yeah with the paints gone on mp3 then i guess there's not that much of a big deal is there but I feel like I'm hating freedom, even though I'm not. Well, I know, it does feel a bit wrong, but at the end of the day, it's free now, it's fine. Usually if you have a player that'll play OG, you definitely have one that'll play MP3. Well, well, unless you've got mm. a Linux system that doesn't have the codecs, but you can just install some sort of free software. Even fucking Triscoll plays MP3s. <laughs> so you've got no excuses. But look, if you, if you dear listener really do care about Og, then get in touch and we won't kill it. But I would very much like to. I say kill it. I think I can keep the Og feed going with the MP3s in it, and most people wouldn't even notice, probably. <laughs> um, I think I can do that with the plugin that we're using, but uh, I'll have to test that, maybe. Um, all right, uh, so Mika Semrick got in touch and asked us to plug the Libra Graphics track at scale 16x, because I think we had dist scale for being a bit too corporate before and apparently it's not corporate and if you want to talk on this track then i think you've got about 12 hours after this is released to get your name on that but the point uh being made here was that it isn't as corporate as we had made it out to be apparently so i thought i'd mention it quickly is this the the southern comfort something linux expo <laughs> it's not southern comfort it's southern california you twat can i have a scale <laughs> 16x and cook that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't mention Southern Comfort. I was told once you'll throw it up once and never drink it again. I was like, yeah, yeah, glug, glug, glug. Throw it up once, have literally never drunk it again. So that's my advice. Don't throw it up and then you can enjoy it forever. I bet Mika's really happy now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So we need to move on to the predictions. So we made a load of predictions in the first ever show that was exactly a year ago. So now it really is officially a year that we've been doing this. So we could do a round of applause again, but I think we did enough of that last time. So we need to look back at the predictions that we made, and then we need to make some new ones. Yeah, I don't think we should clap ourselves for what I suggest is probably failing bigly. (laughs) (laughs) Our, Our predictions are tremendous, is all I'm saying to that. Okay, so failing, your first one, according to my list and Jesse's, is... Microsoft will buy Canonical. I was a year out. Okay. Well, we'll go back to that. You said Shuttleworth will cut his losses and might even make a profit. Well, 
That wasn't a million miles away from the truth, given that he has cut his losses. Oh, do I smell half a point? <laughs> if we were doing points and being all serious about it, then maybe half a point, because he has, there's no doubt, he has cut his losses this year with Unity 8 and the phone and everything, and he is trying to make a profit. So you weren't right, you know, there's no, there's no <laughs> doubt about that, but you, that I think the idea behind it was right. So you think that they might buy them next year then? Yeah, it's not a prediction because I'm not going there again because that's the lamest prediction to just go, yeah, roll that over a year there. Um, but no, I, yeah, maybe it's not Microsoft. I hope it isn't. I really, really hope it isn't. But yeah, maybe this year. Tesco. Nah. Nah, <laughs> no way. No way are they uh, going to... Want, he wants to IPO, doesn't he, and properly cash out. So no, I don't think they're going to get sold. They might get some VC funding or something, but no, nah, I'm not going to... They're going to um, get sold. Uh, so you also said there'll be a war based on social media. You actually said a social media war, which sounds like like really lame trolling to me. But um, yeah, I think you meant like what is <laughs> almost happened with North Korea. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think I at least get two half-point results here, because, I mean, they did try their best, Rocket Man. And, yeah, uh, and my button's bigger than yours on yeah. my desk. But yet somehow people step going to Kim Kardashian's Twitter profile instead. <laughs> What's <laughs> more interesting, apparently? It was a Kim joke, but it wasn't very good. No, that's I not what I was actually doing. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but low. <laughs> um, all right, so at best, two half points there. Yes. I mean, that's that's a winning score if ever I had one. I think that, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, let's see. Just wait until I spin both of mine into a victory. Oh, God, here we go. Okay, yeah, so, so, so I, my first one I had to disregard because I said there would be an um, announcement from a car manufacturer saying there was Ubuntu in cars. And the show after that, I had to take that back <laughs> because apparently it already happened because Tesla runs on Ubuntu. So fine. Uh, so my two would that there would be a new mainline desktop environment, and uh, I think we can all agree that we think about Budgie every day. Budgie already existed. Yeah. No. Actually, you do get a win here because he said possibly forked from Mate. Now. I think it's called UKUI. I'm sure there's some other way to say it, which is the default desktop in Ubuntu Kylin, uh, the Chinese version of Ubuntu, effectively. And that was originally forked from Mate. Now WinPress has worked with them to make it less of a fork and more kind of based on. But, okay, it's not major to us in the West, but I think that there are millions of people using it in China. So I'm afraid I have to admit that that is uh, a full-blown point for you, Jesse. Well done. Oh, Lord, cash outrageous! I was I was going to twist the community fork of Unity to be a point, but you know, I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, no, well, you were right, um, and forked for Marte as well. It, well, we'll just... call it a draw then. <laughs> well, I haven't had my actual one, my second one yet. The first one got dis, uh, got chucked in the bin. So, and the fine, the the second one, sorry, was uh, selfish is going to have a big year. So no points there then. <laughs> Well, Selfish X happened, and it was a relatively big year for them. But it's a bit um, nebulous, that, isn't it? There's no actual prediction there. I think had it been released and it was available for every phone and people really got on board, it would be one thing. But the fact that it was just this one phone, it was a bit of an odd sideshow. I accept it wasn't a big year for Selfish, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. Well, bear in mind that I said that we're not, counting the points because that's all too serious oh we're so counting the points yeah all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna twist this into a win <laughs> for me uh, then um so jesse gets one then and you get one uh we won't see unity 8 as default in 1704 or 1710 and you failing said it would be default in 1710 well there is no way to spin that other than one point for me <sighs> <sighs> I mean, no, you see, you, you, you were thinking it was going to happen, though, you see. I, I said probably in 1804, but that that was the year after. I was right in 2017. Ooh, it was 2017. <laughs> and I said it, I said it wouldn't be. Yeah, that was I, properly quantitative. Like, it's not available in, seven, it's not default in 1710 or 1704, and those things happened. I think the moral behind what your prediction was is wrong, but yeah. the words are right. I was wrong in spirit, but I was right That's in right. actuality. Yeah, in spirit, yeah. You'd make a great politician. 
Yes, yes, I would. So, uh, well, we all know what happened there. I also said the Raspberry Pi Foundation will effectively fork LXD as Pixel, probably uh, a bit early on that prediction, though. It's probably going to be 2018. And Ike, you agreed with me, but disapproved of their choice to do so. Well, that hasn't quite happened yet because I forgot how slowly these things move in terms of uh, non-mainstream desktop environments. LXD still is around. They had to drop the Pixel branding because of the Google thing. So now they just call it Raspberry Pi Desktop. But no point, no point. Half no point. point. They are they are effectively for not really. They're having to go back to LXD itself, and they can't do it under the Pixel brand. And any references to Pixel have been retroactively terminated. Yeah, yeah, but they are basically maintaining LXD at this point. Maintaining, yes. So that's what I should have said instead of fork. Ah, see, now not a fork. Uh, <laughs> So you're trying to change it. We've got Jesse predicting the past with Tesla. The fuck is going on here? <laughs> no, look, I got that right in spirit, but not in the actual facts. All right, he's right, Honourable Joe. Fork. <laughs> no points. <laughs> so one and a half points for me there, so I'm in the way. <laughs> one point. <laughs> Where did it even? All right, Ike said, Endless OS is going to be the breakout distro of 2017. Not breaking out of the Linux world, just within it. <laughs> yeah. So you were saying like within our bubble, it was going to be the breakout distro. Yeah. And I disagreed because I called it kitchen sink Linux <laughs> because it's got fucking half of Wikipedia on it or most of Wikipedia. Um, and it just hasn't been, if anything, Solus has, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> or maybe elementary, but we just haven't no, really no, heard we'll, we'll that go with Solus. We'll go with Solus. I was fine with that one. <laughs> we was, was fine with that one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyone disagree with that? No, I think it's zero. I points. get a brownie yeah. point, just not a game point. <laughs> okay, so no points. Oh. Uh, and you said that there'd be a major IoT vulnerability that would take down the internet. That is not quite what I said. So there would be a major IoT vulnerability with devices. And I don't really get any points for this, but there was continued IoT-related DDoSs all throughout the start of the year for Q1 and Q2. Technically, they are the remainders of DDoSs from 2016, the likes that took down OVH and DIN. Um, it's still kind of related, but, yeah, you know, it's sort of only half. It's a carry-on from 2016, so it's like a quarter point. Because it was just a fucking given. I've never heard somebody talk themselves out of points so much. I just want a point. <laughs> All right, well, you get a quarter point total Thank then, you. I suppose. I, I get one and a half and win. You do not get one and a half, you get one. <laughs> All right, I get one, and you two get one. I got a quarter point. Oh, you only got a quarter, okay, right. Well, I think you should get three quarters of a point for uh, Solar Spin, the distro of the year, within our bubble. So Yeah, go on then. Oh my god, diplomatic. Okay, <laughs> let's, get on with, let's get on with the real fight. Fine. Um, all right, okay, so we're going to do two each. Who is going first? All right, fine, I'll, I'll take it, because I think mine are pretty fucking good. And, uh, oh! <laughs> are we allowed to bet on our own? Okay, I think that 2018 will be the year of snaps on the desktop. Now, I sort of was going to go with just just uh, containerized applications, but I think I'm going to be more specific and go with snaps. And when I say that, I mean, at the moment, I apt get everything. And I think I will move to a more snap install type uh, install. Define and, that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I knew this question would come, so I've already thought about it. When I install a new distro... I installed three applications straight away. Uh, Audacity and Mumble for doing this show and op Opera. 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 <laughs> Not Winfrey, the browser. You had a 50-50 chance you got it wrong again. <laughs> so I installed those three applications straight out. And so I will consider it a th thumping win if those three are snaps at the end of 2018. I can already hear Poppy snapping them up as we speak. <laughs> yeah, I need to, need to invest some money in some uh, careful places. Um, but I, I think in the same way that we've had, you know, um, Endless will be the sort of distro of the year. We've had some other bits and bobs of, you know, that it'll make an impact here and there. I think it'll be far more common that people install snaps. At the moment, I'm frustrated that I don't find stuff that are snaps. And I think snaps are going to basically push everything else out of the way and more effort is going to be 
put in by developers to make their things available as snaps and it's going to be a, a shift towards that and then that means there'll be snaps available for all the different um, distributions or what have you it'll be a lovely place to be number two well hang on before you move on to number two i think you're right about that because uh not having get iPlayer on solus is one of the blockers for me using it apart from not having xfc but i can use mate fair enough um but not having get iplayer means that i basically can't use it because i need to use that all the time because fuck using the bbc player it's shit i'd rather use a proper local player so now i've asked probably to make that happen and it looks like that is happening so little things like that with each application that gets snapped it means that then it's going to work on other distros and for me that's more important yeah, it's taking the stress off of the actual distributors, i.e. guys like myself. And that's sort of, I mean, even I'm back in it, right? Um, because you're going to have the Steam Snap available in the next couple of months fully done. We're already working on like the confinement part of it. So yeah, it makes life easier for everyone involved. Because then for the other distros, they don't have to bother doing Steam anymore. <laughs> Same like the Get iPlayer. We're not allowed to make it available, but if you could install it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for taking my prediction, dickhead. <laughs> this is why I went first. I thought it might be a bit obvious. <laughs> Nicely played. Nicely played. Uh, okay, so number two, there will be a good open source voice assistant for Linux in 2018. That is such bollocks. That is my news story that you're now trying to steal. <laughs> so I have to admit, I was... I was a bit annoyed that that was this fortnight's news story. It could have just slipped a week and it would have been the next fortnight's one, but no, it had to be there. But I wrote these not this evening. You'll be surprised to know. I, I thought about these since uh, Christmas. Wait to hear mine. And and I th- I think I'm not specifically saying that it will be uh, Mycroft. I think maybe you know, as an example, that news story does open up the ability for other people to take the first step. Um, you know, use other people's work and then and then build upon that. And I think we are all seeing uh, Amazon devices and Google devices and a little bit of Apple devices really, really booming in this kind of industry. I know it, it looked big at the start of 2017, but at the start of 2018, it's looking absolutely massive. And oh, okay, okay, hang on a second. As soon as you have that news story and you can see what that guy's able to do already. We have to quantify what <laughs> classifies it as being that. Give us a couple of examples that you need to check off. Okay, I'm thinking of the things that I do. I mean, I use uh, the little microphone button on my search provider for Google all the time. And I would say I should be able to find the opening hours of a local shop all through voice and it come back with a result. That is useful. On your desktop OS? Yeah. And if it's local, how do you not already know the times? London is bigger than your town, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Touche, (laughs) touche. So is that acceptable? I should be able to search and get a useful result that that searches within a Google search, whatever it is. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. All right, so Ike, uh, you said that Jesse stole one of yours, or... Yeah, I don't have any now. Um... Okay, let me let me just magic something up here and pull a prediction out of my arse. Um, we can we can listen to Phelan's one in the, in the meantime. Oh, go on then. Okay, well I've got I've got a cheeky one which is not my two predictions. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna slip in a third prediction. My one prediction is Ike gets paid a visit by Gabe in his golden helicopter <laughs> from Steam with all his <laughs> Linux Steam integration. And they work something out together, as in... I think he's going to get some Valve money. I think he's going to get some Valve money kit promotion. And I think they may stop doing what they're doing with the uh, download binary and go with his. Ooh, that would be pretty awesome. But now I've probably jinxed it because he'll probably hear this because he'll obviously listen to this and he'll go, oh, I'm not doing what he said. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's uh, reasonable. Even if you had that in the works, you wouldn't fucking tell us. So, uh. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that sounded really guilty. No, let me take that back. <laughs> no, there is nothing. Genuinely. <laughs> Let's get the rumor started. Um, all right, what's your second one then? So, well, no, that, that was my, my point five. So, my, my, my first one. Now, I actually did come up with this before Spectre and uh, Meltdown. 
So I was thinking more the management engine would blow up again. So obviously it's more than that now. But I think there's going to be so much backlash against the processor manufacturers and the management engine being all closed off that both Intel and AMD are going to have to open it all up. <gasps> open firmware. They're going to have to because Ooh. of data center security, uh, government contract security, um, banking industry security, all that. Mm. You're a dreamer, failing is what I can say to that. He might be onto something, no? No, but I think they're going to play it off against each other, and I think AMD is going to be first to open up their PSP. Um, now, they tried their best job at it just recently at the start of January where somebody accidentally put a whole lot of keys for their uh, stuff onto GitHub and part of the BIOS update files. So I think they're well on their way to doing that, but uh, they had to revoke all of that stuff. But I think they will use this... I mean, there was already a rumor about it last year. I think the guy from AMD got on Reddit and said, oh, ask me anything. And somebody asked them that. And uh, they they said, you know, okay, well, not at this time. We'll think about it, whatever, and kind of brushed it aside. But I think with all this stuff coming out and the fact that they kind of got off a bit lighter than Intel did with the whole thing, because they're only affected yeah. by Spectre and not Meltdown, I think they'll try and use this as a... As a, a one-up. A one up, and then I think Intel just be forced to do likewise. Well, they did one up them. I uh, tried the one up thing here with the uh, Linux kernel mailing list, didn't they? You know, straight away it's like, well, you know, we wash our hands of this. This isn't us. We're looking <laughs> after ours. So if it's an AMD, it's not a bug. So yeah, I could, I could completely see them doing that. Like change of direction. It's like, we will now be the, you know, the the knights in shining armor to the users. So I could see that. Right. Well, I definitely can't see it. I think you both dreaming if you think that's going to happen however i've never wanted to be more wrong in my life i really <laughs> fucking hope that that happens yeah but i just can't see it okay and last prediction i think the sflc and the sfc i have to be careful with those two the fight that they're having in court i think is going to cause a schism in the linux foundation versus the non-linux foundation people i know there's already a kind of a suits in one side and uh, beardos in the other side but i think it's gonna actually drive a bit of a wedge because i think mm, maybe a bit conspiracy theory but i think there's a bit of the vmware lawsuit sflc versus people suing for code for the hellwig sfc side and i think it's gonna actually turn uh things a bit nasty i know we've had the statement where we said Oh, you know, the kernel developers won't sue and, you know, the gist of the license is this, but I think this might actually drive a bit of a wedge later in the year. Yeah, well, that's already brewing, isn't it? So I think that's a pretty easy prediction. I think that's oh. definitely going to happen. So I made these earlier. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, well, while Ike thinks of his, I will do mine, I suppose. Um, the, the first one, I'm just burnt out with trying to do predictions. I had to do loads for the other show. Um, so I'm going to say that UbiPorts is going to be the mobile operating system to watch in 2018 because they've just done their recent OTA, which is looking good. They are looking to implement snaps, and most importantly, they're looking to implement Android apps using Unbox, and I think that it's going to be a big deal. I don't have some quantifiable thing or whatever, but I think that this year it's it's going to be the year of Ubuntu Touch on the phone <laughs> or whatever. Because and reggae. It's, so it's not just me who's hearing that. Like, you hear UB ports and your head goes straight to Ali Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just me. Sorry, didn't you? <laughs> anyway, I think that it's going to be a huge year for them because once they get Android apps working properly, it's going to make loads of developers come to the platform and bombers right any developers 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 once you get them then you're going to get users and so from what i can see that is going to definitely happen this year and it's going to be a great year for them and i, I don't know they're not going to have any like oem devices or whatever it's too early for that but okay so how, how do we quantify if they've won because you'll drag up some spurious stories from unknown websites or create your own news sites on LNL or something. They'll have one OTA and you'll be like, oh, look, they're amazing. <laughs> all right, I'm going to, all right, my prediction is they're going to make Android apps work properly by the end of the year. You can already do that, though, with Halium or whatever it's called, isn't it? Well, you've got Anbox, which has already been announced. So we already know that's going to happen. That's not a prediction. 
Yeah, but I, I think, no, the prediction is that they're going to implement it in a way that actually works properly and you're going to have all the good yeah. things about Ubuntu Touch mm. and the ability to sideload Android apps as well. Well, if they do, if you do get the point this time next year, then, Controversial. then I demand that you sing, there's a phone in my kitchen, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's not even UB40, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I don't know, not originally. Um, all right, and so I don't really have any other predictions. So I'm going to say that uh, by the end of this year, Bitcoin is going to be worth under a thousand dollars. Oh, Bitcoin! Fucking <sighs> Bitcoin! <laughs> and that is a proper hedge because on LAN I said it was going to be worth a hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> and so hopefully, who's counting right. points now? Well, you don't count points from the other show, so uh we'll see i've i've got both bases covered it'll probably be worth exactly what it is now and then i'll be just totally wrong but i don't know i, I just don't know how i feel about bitcoin like on the one hand i think it's going to be worth a fortune and on the other hand i think it's just going to crash totally mind you you'd be good at bitcoin like hedging those kind of bets already you get this yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah so there you go all right your turn okay oh shit i was hoping my random talking would make you forget um all right what was your original one then was it like snaps or something uh yeah basically uh <laughs> that snaps would dominate the, uh throughout the year uh which would be unfair because i intend to help with that <laughs> okay uh prediction one which is sort of in a similar vein to last year because i'm prepared um I think that there will be a fundamental architectural weakness revealed in Windows across all verticals. Eh. I.e. on their consoles, on their seven phones that are still in distribution, and on servers as well. I think we're going to see across desktop servers the whole lot. That there will be some architectural weakness that will make them look very, very stupid to the industry. What, including Azure? Yeah. Like, literally across all verticals, I think we're going to see that. So all this, all this hard work on uh, Microsoft, on Linux on Microsoft, Linux subsystem, all that, sh- all that shit, uh, will be undone because no one will want to use it anyway. Yeah. I think, I don't think it will, con- I don't think it's possible to completely destroy confidence in Microsoft. I, I don't really don't. But I think it will shake things up considerably and give Linux that little bit more of an upper hand. There's going to be something that's been there for years and overlooked because, I mean, it's a bit of a hedgy bet thing because people are looking a lot closer at the architecture of kernels and subsystems now. So in in one sense, it's sort of like almost taking it for granted, given everything that's already happened. But on the other hand, it's also very, very big and it might not ever happen, but I, I'm kind of guessing that we could see that next year. There's going to be some massive problem discovered that's affecting various workloads, whether it be desktop or server or whatever. And you think it'll be entirely their fault and not Intel's for once? I think it's going to be a software issue, like a design issue in the kernel. Right. Okay. Right. Have you got another one then? Yeah. Uh, I think going with the whole making Linux more better uh next year this year jesus we're not in december we're in january um i think we would see a viable attempt at a linux gaming console slash system whoa mm-hmm. this sounds very suspicious and yes i am dismissing steam boxes i'm dismissing those well hang on we already know that atari is planning exactly that this year <sighs> all right not atari all right so one that is not that atari thing <laughs> not atari like Atari came out and was famous and now they're just remaking it. That's not fair. Yeah. I mean, we had this with Commodore 64 and it was like, yeah, compass, fuck off. Right, that was my first reaction to sort of video. Oh, look, it's running Linux and now it's got wobbly windows. <laughs> Kill it with fire. So can you clarify how this is different to the Steam box? Because it wouldn't be the Steam box. <laughs> so it won't be running Steam or Steam OS. It'll be running, what, proper GNU slash Linux with games on top. I wouldn't eliminate Steam games from it, but I would eliminate Steam OS. Right. And so what about, uh, so you're not talking about like RetroPie type things. You're talking about modern games. 
No, no, like an actual gaming system. Something that was geared for gaming, as in from the ground up. This sounds like insider trading to me. Yeah. This is not insider trading. Like, I do not have the resources to build a fucking console. At the moment, I don't have the resources to buy a new laptop, but a fucking second-hand one. (laughs) With a hokey processor and all. With a fucking... an i5 (laughs) yeah with a a reasonable i5 that's better than most of my machines oh god no not this again no don't do this again don't do this again (laughs) and oh it's only got four gigs of ram oh my god that's so terrible my main system has 32 gigs of ram get you it's like fitting ireland into texas (laughs) (laughs) whatever whatever um all right well uh i don't think we'll see that i think you're wrong so that's that on the record, unless you build it and you already fucking know about it, but uh, unless you're working with Steam or some other company. but uh, No, nobody really emails me anymore unless it's to tell me, hey, your kernel's out of date. No, it's not. <laughs> that's basically the conversations I have nowadays. <laughs> yeah, or you swear too much on late night Linux. Yeah, you get those too. <laughs> yeah, we all do. Um, all right. Okay, so that will do it for this episode then. Uh, hopefully we'll all be back in two weeks Uh, but until then then I've been Joe I've been Jesse I've been Phelan I intend to be (laughs) Ike see you later